Previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island, UK, in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, it is my podcasting partner and partner in life, Becca. I'm feeling very refreshed from our six-week vacation. Six-week vacation? From when we actually left to when we're actually getting our asses back down here? Well, we did record a couple of episodes in the interim. You're talking about the six weeks between the week seven recap of season seven and this recording, I assume? Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe we're a little bit rusty on a couple of the details, though we did take extremely extensive and detailed notes. I mean, maybe we're behind on some of the aftermath. I think aftermath is a good way to think about it. Today, we're going to cover week eight of season seven of Love Island UK, but we are not going to cover the finale. We're going to do a separate podcast, kind of recapping the whole season, talking about the finale episode. We'll do our superlatives. We'll do our Brexit nonsense. Oh, yeah. We'll give it the same respect we gave season six. Because season seven was a really great season, in my opinion. It was a season. I agree with you there. See, I really liked it. Anyway, let's talk about the basics for week eight. Before we do that, I just want to remind you, you can go to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit if you really love the podcast and you can support us there. So the basics for week eight of season seven, it is time for the last wave of eliminations, which means it's time for the dreaded compatibility vote, where each couple names the two couples they consider the least compatible. This year, the couples got into some pretty nasty fights over their votes, didn't they? I would just like to say that it's dreaded for them, certainly not for us. Yes. No, we love this part. The public dumped Priya and Brett. Who cares? And Mary and Aaron, too, were also dumped from the villa. Who cares? And then we go through the standard end of season Love Island traditions. Of course, the talent show, the infamous babies episode, the final dates and some socially distanced family visits. Now, I love the family visits. That's always one of my favorite episodes. And seeing them socially distanced actually really broke my heart. I don't know. I actually find the family episodes to usually be one of the most boring in the entire season. Someone's always got a crazy moment and a hearty fellow of a dad. Yeah, there's usually one good scene and the rest of it, I'm bored to tears. But anyway, in a shock felt halfway around the world, Liberty dumps Jake and voluntarily leaves the show. And frankly, a silver lining to her waiting this long is that Jake has to leave too. So if this had happened a couple weeks earlier, he might have tried to stay. So yeah, let's talk about Jibberty. That's really the start of the week. We pick up right where we left off and Jake has just told Liberty that he loves her for the first time. And Liberty is now on her way to relay this conversation to the other girls. Okay, so looking back, it's funny because I'm judging all my initial reactions. But at this point, I was a little swoony. He doesn't want to go back to the others. He wants to keep telling her that he loves her. And I am all in at this point. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Liberty says it was tough for her. The conversation was tough. But that Jake came through and expressed genuine emotion. And she tells the other girls that Jake told her that he loved her. And she's so proud of herself for standing up for herself, and rightfully so. I know, and she just gets so deflated over the course of this conversation, because as soon as the other girls hear that Jake has dropped the L-bomb, they start exchanging some knowing glances. It was so frenemish. Yeah. I was so shocked by how nasty it got. Yeah. Ugh. I'm not sure how much of it was dislike for Jake or what, but Chloe and Faye, representing all the girls, tell Liberty that they think Jake is lying to her and that he only said he loved her because he knew it was what she wanted and probably needed to hear. My initial reaction to these conversations just feels like so moot because, you know, how I felt then and how I feel now are so different. Yeah. So why is that? 
So at the start of this conversation, I really think Liberty did not do a great job conveying the tone of the conversation. And I think that the girls would have believed Jake more if they had witnessed the way in which his part of the conversation was delivered. It seemed really sweet to me. But, you know, like I said, given everything that's happened after that, maybe I was snowed too. And then as far as the girls go, I think if you're trying to give your friend this horrible, heartbreaking opinion, you don't do it in a bitchy way. You do it in a comforting, gentle way. Yeah, I think they did recover a little bit when they realized how upset they had made Liberty. But I agree with you. No, Faye and Chloe feel the need to stomp away from the conversation like they're mad at her, like Liberty did something to them and they go over and talk shit with Teddy and Toby. Again, like making it Liberty's fault. At least Kaz apologizes to Lib for the mood and tells her that she hopes it's real and not just a deflection. And Liberty even counters Kaz with, well, what is he hiding then? What is he deflecting from? But Kaz and then Mary, who is also there, they can't even answer to that because what is Jake hiding? Yeah, and I'll- Lies! Jake is hiding lies! I mean, I agree with you that at this point, I was still giving Jake the benefit of the doubt. But by the end of this week, I'm not anymore. Well, of course not. Interestingly, Toby has kind of become the master Yoda of the villa. Yes, great knower of love and women that he is. So Jake is extremely lucky, actually, to have him as his best mate. Well, that's one word. But yeah, Jake swears that the L word has been on his mind for two weeks. And again, like maybe it has. Toby gives Jake some great advice, but not enough advice to get Jake out of this jam. Jake might not have the self-awareness that would give him the introspection needed to fix this if his feelings for Lib are actually genuine. So what does Toby tell Jake? Well, like Kaz, Toby tells Jake he's sorry that the drums are overshadowing the special moment because at least Toby and Kaz realize that their friends are human beings, not just cardboard cutouts on a reality show. And Toby also tells Jake that he needs to forget about what the other girls have said, that the issue is between him and Liberty. I think he's mostly right there, but not completely right. What do you think? So who is this guy? He has grown into a full ass man. Meanwhile, Jakey boy storms out of the house to sulk. I may sound like I'm mocking him, but I have been guilty of this more times than I can count. So I do have a lot of empathy for Jakey boy while I'm also making fun of him. Toby also tells Jake later too, when Jake tries to figure out which guys are talking shit about him, Toby tells Jake, like, who cares? Go talk to Liberty. Damn, Toby. Yeah, and I will say some of Jake's reaction to all of this is when I start to lose that sense of, oh, maybe he is actually just an idiot. You know, he's doing all of this stuff unintentionally. I'm He's starting to lose the benefit of the doubt with all these reactions. When Toby looks more mature than him, yeah. So part of why figuring out Jake's sincerity is so hard is at the start of the season, he did do a great job of deceiving Liberty into thinking that his feelings were stronger than they really were. But one thing that has stayed constant throughout the series is his honesty with the other guys. So do you think it is all an elaborate con or do you think that Jake thinks that he is actually in love with Liberty? So can it be somewhere between the dream and the scheme? Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, that's kind of our way of thinking about the not 100% genuine or sincere relationships in the show is some of them are dreams. Some of them are schemes. And we talk about that in our kayfabe episode, the very first bonus episode we ever did. So the pat answer would be scheme. But there is, or I don't know, maybe it was at this point, there was a genuine rapport between them, I think, right? And he probably leaned harder into the relationship because there's money on the line. And on the outside, he probably would have ghosted her every time a Millie or Mary came along. I think you're right. And I think what's going on is that Mad Movies shattered Liberty's image of a fairy tale romance that she saw a more complete picture of Jake and she realized that she had probably been deceiving herself a little bit. 
So she becomes uncertain in her relationship with him. And at the same time, Mad Movies also predisposed all of the other girls to thinking that Jake is this big liar. So they all hate him now, independent of whatever his relationship with Liberty is. You know, there's no way that any of them are ever going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He would have gotten a lot further with the girls on his side. And once again, goes to show you, guys, never alienate all the girls. Yeah, that's kind of like a reality show truism in all of these dating shows or any competition show. You got to be nice to the girls. Because if you hurt one girl, they will all turn on you as a posse. They may have their own drama in between them, but the girls will turn on you as an organism in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's like an iron law of reality television. So truthfully, I think that Jake knows on some level that he is not in love with Liberty. And the most charitable interpretation of Jake's actions, in my opinion, is that he thinks he is doing right by Liberty by telling her that he loves her and playing the role of a supportive boyfriend. The truth is, however, that his insincerity makes him a horrible person. Well, that's a little black and white. I mean... Yeah, maybe I'm being a little harsh, but I don't think you should ever tell someone that you love them if you know that you don't. You can be confused about whether or not you love somebody. You could be wrong. Yeah, I just think that Jake knows that he's not in love with her. No, I agree with you. I just feel bad. Let's play armchair psychologist for a moment. If Jake has a long history of codependent relationships... We don't know this, though. Yeah, we don't know this. But if he does have a long history of codependent relationships, you know, he could be doing a lot of this stuff unconsciously. But I do keep coming back to the timing of all Jake's big romantic moves and how they coincide with the main beats of the season and historically the beats of all the other Love Island seasons. Yeah, but that could also be editing. Yes, true. Absolutely true. Not that I'm trying to defend Jake here, although I see like it looks like that. I'm just trying to rebut you because. Oh, no, I I think it's good to have both sides of this. And, you know, but his reuse of the bracelet trope. I think I said in an earlier episode, there was this great post on the Love Island subreddit where they just went through all of Jake's uh, big moves and which episodes that took place in and kind of showed it looks very, very deliberate. So whether it was the producers being deliberate about what they showed us and when they showed it to us versus Jake being very planned and deliberate, I don't know. But I think it's fair to call Jake a student of Love Island. Yeah, he might be smarter than we gave him credit for. And I have to say, he's a pretty darn good actor, too, because I definitely thought I heard some feels when he tells Liberty he loves her. But, you know, they could all be manufactured. Jake could have snowed us all on how smart he is. Yeah, totally. So then Jake and Lib talk again. Yeah, he reminds her he has no filter and claims that the conversation was raw and real. And then Jake pulls Faye and Chloe walks over to join them. So Chloe approaches it with a friendly vibe, but Faye is super hostile. They want to know why he hadn't said I love you before. And will he be proud of how he did it? And then they tell him that this was the worst time to do it. You know, I'm sick of these girls. The next morning, Lib tells them that she and Jake had a cuddly, comforting night. And they're really snuggly all day. They have that disgusting sun cream drenched couples massage. You know, and it looks like they're going to reunite and come together and prove everyone wrong. Meanwhile, our favorite catty bitches, Chloe and Faye, are debating whether they made up or they're just ignoring their problems. And Dr. Toby tells them to back off. They're just taking a break from the drama to enjoy each other's company, which, you know, couples fight all the time. But, you know, if you have concert tickets, you still go to the concert and try to have a good time. If you're on Love Island, you still cover each other in sunblock and try to have a good time. Meanwhile, can we talk about something else for a few minutes? Yeah, let's, can we please not talk about Jake and Liberty anymore? Uh, meanwhile, Brett and Priya, our other favorite couple. Yeah, our other favorite couple. You're right. The only people we're not mad at, not named Toby, have a super awkward conversation about in the future on the outside, who should invite who to dinner. Apparently... Brett should do the booking because Priya has had enough toxic masculinity. What? Yeah. A guy wanting a girl to make reservations is not toxic masculinity. This is one of those instances 
when Priya being this crazy right-wing nutcase shows up a little bit because I think what's actually going on here is that the right-wing often takes the words and phrases used by the activist progressive left and perverts their meaning and makes them mean the opposite of what they really are supposed to mean. And so Priya saying that a woman booking a reservation is like a man making her do something and it's toxic masculinity. I mean, no. Yeah, it's the opposite of that. So to be fair, Brett's request though he phrased it more as a rude demand, which would not work for me either. It was more about the girl showing that she's an active partner in the dating relationship. And truthfully, I think both of them were trying to be playful, but she was touchy and he was misguided. Yeah, these two are not a match. They're not a match at all. No. I think we see that pretty quickly because it's time for dinner. How do those two things connect? Well... I think Brett and Priya have a pretty awkward dinner as well. Yes. So the guys, of course, cook dinner for the girls. And uh, that can mean only one thing. It's spag bowl time, baby. So the guys have two aces up their sleeve this meal. They get the recipe all broken down for them, which is nice. And Teddy knows his way around the kitchen. Yeah, Teddy can cook. I think he's one of my favorite Islanders of all time at this point. He's not funny, though. No, he's not funny. But the best moments here are when Liam reveals that he doesn't know what an aphrodisiac is. Jake says he's never had asparagus before. And Aaron, too, says garlic bread is a great metaphor for himself. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. I think the word integrity was used. Like the the toasting of the bread gives it structural integrity. I, I don't know. Bro, I don't even know. We also had a great opportunity to contrast two different couples. Chloe and Toby do a super cute reenactment of the famous Lady and the Tramp spaghetti scene, while Liam and Millie smell each other's garlic breath repeatedly, which for me was not cute. No, breath and spit are not cute. And also, let's not forget a third couple here. Clearly, the earlier conversation between Brett and Priya has changed the tone of their whole relationship. Because she starts needling him about it being weird that he's 27 and has never had a relationship. She tells him she feels like he's a robot. His idea of a perfect date is a run, a sit-down coffee, a walking coffee, an activity, dinner, and then home. And it just sounds like someone is a bit over-caffeinated and hyperactive. Yeah, and he doesn't drink alcohol, I think he mentioned, right? It's just running and coffee. It's all he wants to do is running and coffee and then eat and go home. So I will say, uh, when I've gone through periods where I don't drink any alcohol, caffeine becomes maybe a little bit more appealing in some ways. I don't know. You eat a lot of ice cream, too. That's true. Yeah, when I don't drink alcohol, I eat a ton of sugar. So between the courses, Mary asks the girls if they have ever run out on a date. And Priya says in the outside world, due to this awkwardness between her and Brett, there would be no kiss and no second date. Yeah, we get this amazing juxtaposition of Priya telling the girls that she got the ick at her dinner with Brett. And Brett is telling the guys in the kitchen that everything is going swimmingly. When the guys go back to the tables, Mary falsely tells Aaron that Priya said she would leave the date in the outside world, which was very clearly not what Priya said. Yeah, and I don't know if that was intentional by Mary or not. I didn't see that as intentional. I don't know. It seemed really shitty. Priya said she would cut it short, but that seemed more like ending the evening and not extending the relationship rather than like climbing out the bathroom window. Didn't you actually do that once at a date? No. No, running out on a date to me sounds like, you know, you ditch while the guy goes to the bathroom or you climb out the bathroom window or something. Yes. No, I cut it short and left. Oh, okay. Like we finished dinner and then I was like, I'm going to go. Bye-bye. Mary is kind of an asshole this whole scene, honestly, from calling Priya a diva for requesting a coffee for dessert to telling Priya to flirt more when she says she has the ick to this BS. Yeah. Mary is playing a bit of a game here, too in my opinion, because she's basically giving Priya the advice that she would give herself because I don't think Mary is super genuine about Aaron, but I think that's another conversation because the fun is over. For us. 
For us, no, for the Islanders, because they've got a text. It's time for the Islanders to name the two couples they think are the least compatible. And Priya and Brett lead with five votes. And I actually think it's nuts that they don't have six votes. Yeah, everyone but Kaz and Ty Ty voted for them. Yeah. Huh, is all I'm going to say. Then we have three couples with three votes apiece. That's Mary and Aaron, too. Jake and Liberty, and in a bit of a surprise to me, at least, Faye and Teddy. So that there are so many votes for them, and honestly as well, so many votes for Jake and Lib, seems kind of stupid to me. Yeah, Chloe has big words declaring Jibberty incompatible solely because of the last three days. Toby strongly disagrees because he knows the real Jake. Fortunately, Jake knows they're an easy target, Liberty said she doesn't care, and they'll be together if they want to. So they're pretty much the only couple taking in stride the fact that others don't see eye to eye with them. Yeah, and at this point, they kind of have to, given the public votes that we've seen around compatibility, genuine, one-sidedness, blah, blah, blah. At this point, if they're taking that kind of stuff to heart, they're going to have a bad time. So before we get into the messy aftermath of the voting, which dominates two of this week's episodes, let's check back in with the least interesting couple in the villa, Brett and Priya. The hot goss about her getting the ick is flying through the villa after the voting, and she keeps digging herself in deeper, complaining about how much she dislikes him to the girls. Meanwhile, Brett drones on to a very bored Fetty about how he and Priya go so well together because they are from the same circles. And this is a hot button issue for Faye, who reminds him that she doesn't fit in with any of them and would have never met them without Love Island. Does that mean her and Teddy are incompatible? I love this image of Faye as this simple country girl. Right? With her fake lips and her fake tits and her shiny plastic clothes. But in some ways, she kind of is, right? She says she's never been for a night out except in Devon, right? I mean, I don't want to like say nasty shit, but she's more of like trailer trash than country girl. Whoa. No, just like, I still empathize with her in that she doesn't fit in with the rest of them, but it's not like, you know, pigtails and milkmaid. You know I'm a Fetty stan, right? It's not a knock. I'm just saying simple country girl is not the way she doesn't fit in. So anyway, Priya pulls Brett, but somehow she does not pie him. Which she should have. Instead, she demands he turn on fun Brett and be sexier and flirtier. And he agrees. Yeah. Mary continues to be an asshole by eavesdropping on this conversation and then loudly talking about the ick in bed that night where Brett could easily hear her. And the next day, the guys tell Brett that Priya has been talking shit behind his back. So when Brett finally goes to confront Priya, she does not understand what she's done wrong. She has the audacity to say it was constructive criticism. I know. Unbelievable. I think it's because she only cares about how she appears to everyone else in this situation. And she is judging her own actions by that standard, by how she is being perceived by the others in the villa. Brett's feelings are totally irrelevant to her. Brett's feelings are irrelevant to me too, frankly. He asks her if she wants to keep at this relationship. Why does he even care? And why the fuck does she say yes? I know. I'm perplexed. Priya finally pies Brett that night. Yeah, she should have just done it already. Why did she even wait? But Brett also finally gets to give her a piece of his mind, and I found that kind of satisfying. I liked the sad selfies that they took afterwards. I thought that was really cute. He was way too nice about it. But again, she should have dumped him two conversations ago. So the two of them deserve each other together or not. Yep. But back to what I would call this week's main event, the compatibility voting. So Millie feels either guilty or afraid about voting for Faye and Teddy. Guilty about Teddy, afraid about Faye. Okay, that seems right. And, you know, she is so paranoid. She thinks that Faye has already figured out that they voted for her and Teddy. At this point, she hasn't. But, you know, later she does figure out who voted for her. Jake and Lib tried to justify putting Fetty over Mary and Aaron, and that was dangerous as fuck, considering Lib already knows that Faye will be out for her blood if she finds out. And later, Liberty does want to come clean to Faye, but Jake tells her not to. Yeah, good old Jake, man. 
Wow. Only one couple leaves in the immediate aftermath of the voting. I feel like in season six, definitely two couples left. But Priya and Brett, they have recently split up to no one's surprise. And also to no one's surprise, they are the ones who have to leave the villa. Yeah, the house's collective IQ is literally halved with their departure. Oh, man. I don't know about that. I think that some of these people are smarter than they have been produced to look like. Jake? No, Liberty. And maybe Jake, too, actually. Yeah. I know. It was a joke. Okay. You know, check out the big brains on Brett. Yes, you're right. You're right. I, I was a joke I did not get. I apologize to you and our audience. So, on her way out the door, though, Priya pulls Faye out to the snog deck and tells her that she didn't vote for her. Detective Faye is now on the case. Yeah, this move of Priya's, which felt really benevolent at the time, starts the whole whirlwind of shit. Oh, yeah, I knew exactly what was going to happen. As soon as Priya pulled her and told her that, I was like, uh-oh, this is not going someplace good. And the votes have now basically split the house in two. You've got one side with Kaz and Tyler, Jake and Lib, and Liam and Millie. And then on the other side, you've got Faye and Teddy, Chloe and Toby, and Mary and Aaron too. So Faye tells Mary and Aaron too that she voted for them and tells them why. Basically that they haven't had enough time to have a down and recover from it. They appreciate her honesty and this starts a process of three couples... Fetty, Cloby, and Marin too, all telling each other how they voted. Do you like that Marin too? No, I don't think we should drag Mark Marin into this. By process of elimination, Faye knows that it's the other three couples who voted for her and Teddy. I mean, she's right, but people could also be lying. People could be lying. Especially to her face. She's scary. But obviously they're not lying. I don't find her scary, but I'm a weird guy. I think she just like touches my trauma buttons. Faye and Teddy both do appear genuinely hurt by these votes, I think. And Faye wonders why none of the girls who are supposedly her friends ever told her that she and Teddy aren't a good match. You know, fair enough. She figures that since everyone cheered the Fetty reunion, no one should have an issue with their compatibility, which I sort of disagree with because I've had plenty of friends where like, I'm happy that they're happy with their person, but I don't think that's the right person for them. I don't know. I see where they are coming from here because, you know, Teddy also wonders the same thing. Why have the guys never said anything to him? Especially Ty Ty, who he counts as a close friend. And that was a mistake in my view. Faye confronts both Jake and Lib and Kaz and Tyler, and she presses them to explain their votes. Faye reminds Liberty she never held it against her when she complained about Jake. Yeah, and Liberty can't come up with a coherent explanation. Jake says it's because she and Teddy argued. Kaz said it's because Faye and Teddy's lifestyles are incompatible. And Tyler also says it's because that Faye and Teddy argued. But him and Kaz had big blowouts too, like Faye points out. Yeah, absolutely. Faye points out to the girls that they're the ones who helped her recognize and attempt to overcome her insecurities and her issues with intimacy. And they did that because they believed in her relationship with Teddy. I mean, were they lying then or are they lying now? No, like I said, you could want someone to be happy with someone else, but still not think that they're, you know, meant to be together forever. I don't know. I got to say, I really agree with Faye here that... If your friends are telling you to get back together with somebody that they think you're not compatible with, are they really your friends in that sense? I don't know. I don't know. I think the only real genuine friendship here among the women is Kat, Zen, Liberty anyway. So yeah, I think everybody else is just in it for themselves. I think that's about right. Though I think that Faye and Teddy are really honest people and open people. You know, we see Teddy come over and express his disappointment with Jake and Tyler. And I think what makes this so hurtful for both of them is they clearly felt loyalty toward the other couples that had been in the villa for weeks. And, you know, they realized that loyalty was largely unreciprocated. You know, the people you thought were sincere, that you thought you knew, turns out maybe you didn't know them so well after all. I don't know. I just think Faye is being a little unreasonable here. Chloe tells Jibberty straight up that they voted for them and why. And there was no battle. Everyone had to vote for someone. 
Yeah. Although now, looking back, we all know that Jiberty is probably not compatible. But I also think Toby and Chloe were honest with Jake and Liberty about it, right? And Faye and Teddy were honest with Mary and Aaron about why they voted for them. Not only did these other couples, Kyler and Jiberty, vote for Faye and Teddy, they then lie to them about why they voted for them. I don't think those are the real reasons. Well, Faye's not done yet. Yeah, so she confronts Millie and Liam, and Millie gives the different lifestyles excuse. I just think that Millie does not like Faye on a personal level. And Faye knows it. Yeah. Faye feels a bit used, probably. She points out that she's been the one to give advice to everyone. She's the person that everyone goes to when they need a shoulder to cry on. Oh my God, enough self-victimizing, But it's true. It's true, right? She has always been supportive of all of them. And ultimately, they're not voting based on who they think are the most compatible and least compatible couples. I don't think that is how most of these couples are voting. I think a couple of them vote that way. No, and Teddy's on to them. Yeah, no, Teddy says he's pissed that people don't want to admit that the votes were based on, you know, who they're friends with, who they like the best, and not about compatibility. I think Teddy is looking at it that way because that's how he voted. I agree with him that Liam and Millie and Jake and Liberty did vote for the people that they liked the least and that they really don't like Faye specifically, and that's why they voted for them. I think Kaz and Tyler voted for them strategically. And I think they were looking to take out Fetty because they are a strong couple. Tyler had told them earlier that in the real world, they would have blocked each other and gone their separate ways after the big throwdown. So on the other hand, they might just not believe that this romance has the legs to continue outside where it's so much easier to break up. I mean, I don't know what's worse, voting strategically or voting for your friends. I think that Teddy in particular, would not have given up on the outside. Faye may have tried to do it, and maybe he's right, but I don't know. So after the talent show, which we will get into, Liberty attempts to hand Faye the olive branch, and Faye rejects it, telling her, we're civil, but we're not friends, and it's all your fault. Yep. Now, Mary and Aaron, too, confront Kaz and Tyler about voting for them over Brett and Priya. I think at this point, Mary is just sick of being sideshow action, and she's trying to get some central camera time to further her career. Very possibly. Tyler and Kaz do try to make up some bullshit. They claim they didn't know about the ick going on between Brett and Priya. Yeah, right. Aaron, too, rightly calls them out over that. Apart from science, what do they have in common? I liked that line. Yeah, but Kaz also rightly calls him out for starting shit, and they spend a few minutes yelling at each other to shut up. And of course, because it is Love Island, he later has to apologize to Kaz and Tyler to keep the peace in the villa. But I think we all know what he really thinks. Uh, It was barely an apology, but I don't really give a shit either way. This villa overall is a giant pile of whiny babies. And Ian agrees with a well-timed Trump election results joke. Yeah. They are a bunch of whiny babies. Yeah, I think that's... Not totally unfair, but all is forgotten or at least swept under the rug in traditional British fashion. And it's time for a particularly hopeless edition of the annual Love Island talent show. This one is extra disappointing after season six. Yeah. Oh, man. So Jake and Lib make an attempt at singing that we will generously describe as enthusiastic. The song selection, You're the One That I Want, from Greece is absolutely perfect for them, I think. And the costumes are spot on, too. I had to cover my ears, but it was nice to see them having fun together, which boosted Jibberty Entertainment's rating to a three. Yes. Then we see Chloe do math. This actually mostly won me over. It was at least very original. This was stupid and lame, too. I don't know. I I think that this was actually in in the better half of what we see. So then Teddy raps. He's okay. It was awkward, but it showed more talent than either of the previous acts. So I'll give him a five. Okay. Then Mary Tap dances. This is actually our first legitimate talent, in my opinion. I'm not dismissing Chloe's arithmetic chops, but I'm not sure if that really qualifies as a talent. No, this is a straight up seven. It was actually good. Yeah. No, Mary. Mary's good. 
I don't know a lot about tap dancing, so I'm maybe not the best judge. I know enough about basic ass tap dancing to tell you it was good for Love Island. Okay. Then Toby and Aaron, too, bring us back down to earth with a pretty terrible soccer tricks display. At least they admit that it wasn't the best, too. And these are out of 10, your ratings, I'm assuming. Does it matter? Yeah, I know. I mean, two, the number of soccer balls that ended up in the pool within 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. The number of professional soccer players who can't do tricks. But Millie really takes the cake here. I'm guessing you have all seen the memes that were going around, but yeah, Millie is terrible. Liam must really be in love with her if he thinks that was at all listenable. So this performance is the reason I dread letting my kids ever take piano lessons, although I think I am scarred for when my little brothers did. I'm going to give it a four because it was less worse than Jibberty, Chloe, and the soccer. Oh man, I don't know. This was just... It was less worse. I would, if I could give this a negative score, I would. Because those other things at least made me laugh and smile. This did not do that. I walked out of the room, actually, maybe. Anyway, Tyler and Kaz then reenact the drawing scene from the Titanic, but Tyler can't draw. So I gave it a three only because of the draw me like one of your exclusive girls joke. It was bad. All these twos and threes are just bad. I want my money back. Now, Faye takes the opportunity to let out her anger at the other islanders, and she does a roast that seems to walk the line between playful and hurtful. So what did you think? Uh, The bit about Jake was funny, but her delivery was crap. So I'll give her a five, only because it was at least as good as Teddy's rap, I guess. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it. And then we will wrap things up the way we started them with some terrible singing. This time it is Liam's turn to butcher It's Not Unusual by Tom Jones, which I think he's singing it because Tom Jones is from Wales and Liam is from Wales. So obviously, I think Liam sang this one in the key of H. I give up. Points are meaningless. I want to go home. So Mary clearly wins this year's talent show. I'd give Faye and Teddy a, a joint second place finish. I would also give Chloe an honorable mention. You may disagree there. But I guess they were also the only four who did not completely embarrass themselves. I would not give Chloe anything here. I hated every minute of this except Mary. And even though I don't particularly like her, I'm glad she got to rebound from the sexy dance debacle, which was not her fault. Yes, true. So maybe I got a little too acidic there. So let's get warm and fuzzy again. And it is time for our favorite episode of every season. Just kidding. The babies episode. We hate this. Faye's not into it either. At least though she makes fun of herself over it. And Teddy does also take it in good humor. In contrast, Chloe also is not into it. She maybe is not as playful as Faye about it. But Chloe and Toby have this great scene where they can't agree on a hilarious name for their baby. Chloe suggests Armani and Hercules. Toby counters with Janus and Fabrice. Yeah, it's always fun to see what names the babies get stuck with. So Jibberty names their baby Tommy, like a proper geezer. Yep. Cloby finally settle on Marley. Marin too. Oh God, it made me, I did it. Sienna, a basic bitch name. I actually don't hate it. I just hate them. Then Milliam named their kid Jackson. That's another basic bitch name, right? Yeah. Fetty goes with Remy, which was sort of cute. Kyler, well, they pick Benjamin, which is clearly the best name of all of these. Yeah, overall, it was a very disappointingly normal bunch of names. So while it's usually the guys who get left alone with the babies this year, they get to go play golf while the girls stay at the villa and do a terrible job with the babies. Now, Dr. Toby Spock, parenting expert, says we've had lads holiday. Now it's time for dad's holiday. And they all dress like dad's which is amazing. I love that they were so into it. It was really cute. At the end of the day, Mary and Aaron win least reprehensible parents, even though she was jealous of Aaron paying attention to the baby and not her. Milliam, Kyler, and a very lovey-dovey seeming gibberty passed the test as well. Yeah. So that night, we have got the results of a public vote. The public voted for their favorite of the six remaining couples, and the bottom two are Kaz and Tyler and Mary and Aaron, too. So Lib looks like she is not happy that the public saved Fetty in this scene. 
But she gets to read the text that says that the public saved Kyler. Yeah, that's which true. Be, which had to be sweet. Yeah. So we say goodbye to Mary and Aaron too, who promptly said goodbye to each other upon leaving the villa. They split, I guess, within 48 hours or something. Something like that. And this is despite Aaron Two's strong attestations of their compatibility earlier in the week, right? Yes. So that means they miss Liam's birthday. I'm sure Mary and Aaron, too, were uh, hoping to stick around for Liam's birthday because he will be turning 15. What the fuck? More like 35. Yeah, I know. He looks like he's 35, but he acts like he's 15. So Millie makes some blueberry pancakes and the guys sing happy birthday in Welsh, which is really sweet, actually. I like that. Yeah. And the other thing that uh, Mary and Aaron, too, miss out on is, of course... A final date. But before we get started with the joyride of happiness, let's check in with Jibberty. They start the morning off with Jake telling Lib that her messiness gives him the ick. I don't know. It just seemed like clutter. I didn't see any dirt. Um, so I don't know. Is he being playful? She doesn't seem to read into it Im- immediately, but should she? He's pretty critical of her all day and in ways that make it seem like maybe he's joking. It does bother her, obviously, as All the little slights pile up and she asks him if anything's bothering him and he brushes her off. Yeah. Now, here is one of those instances where I think the producers have edited this to show us all of these small slights that have probably been going on for weeks would be my guess. But given what happens, you know, a little bit later, I think that. You know, they probably had enough time to go back and say, "Okay, well, let's make sure to show that Jake has really been kind of a dick in all these little ways. All right. Let's talk about those dates. Yeah. Those final dates. Faye and Teddy's final date is first and it is a love baptism. Is this the weirdest date in show history? Maybe. A fully clothed rose petal bath with champagne. This is the one time Faye could have gone with the wet look and it would have made sense, but alas. Faye and Teddy reflect on their journey together as a couple and their growth as individuals. Teddy has enjoyed the chase and that she takes the piss out of him and Faye takes responsibility for her part in the roller coaster. And then Teddy says he loves Faye and asks her to be his girlfriend. Faye's so happy she can barely get the words out. Yeah, it was nice. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't have the same love for them that I had for the season six couples. Of all the couples from this season, I'm glad that they had their magic moment. See, I identify with them more than any other couple probably in the history of the show. But you're funny and I'm not that wacko. I didn't say that I think we are like them. I said I identify with them because I think that a lot of the issues that Faye is facing are issues that I've had to face over the course of my life. Yeah, being a Nigerian prince has been really hard for me. That's not what I meant. I don't think you're Teddy either. I'm I think not, that I'm I, definitely not Teddy. No, I think I see myself, aspects of myself in both of them, in each of them rather. So that's why I think I identify so heavily with them and why they're my favorite couple. Most people do not agree with me, which is fine, but that's what I think. No, you're entitled. I am. So the post-date gender chats back at the villa are unsurprisingly a little bit awkward. But, you know, in a show of benevolence, Faye brings back titty petals for all the girls and distributes them as though they are great gifts. I know. So funny. So Faye tells Lib in no uncertain terms that they are no longer friends. You mentioned that earlier. Teddy has made his feelings known as well. And also, I am increasingly aware that I am watching a TV show and these people are not really all friends despite appearances, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Kaz and Lib are the only female friendship that's really got the legs as a real friendship. But this season has broken the fourth wall in ways that not only Love Island has never done, but very few reality shows ever do. So I am very much aware that this is all artificial and constructed at this point. Obviously, the fact that we're in the final dates probably amplifies that feeling. Anyway, it's time for Kaz and Tyler to go on their final date. But first, Lib steps outside. And so whenever anyone goes out the front door, dedicated viewers know that that's serious, right? Because 
there are generally no cameras out there. So they're trying to get away and have some deep thinking time. And who approaches her? Faye. Despite the rocky relationship, Faye is the best person for this job. And Lib tells her that she thinks that Jake doesn't really like her. Liberty says she blames herself for giving him the ick and that he's just going through the motions. Yeah, when they were taking selfies earlier and he told her, it's all about you, that really bugged her, as it should have, because that wasn't nice and not necessary, and he wouldn't even explain what was going on behind all the passive aggression or the aggressive aggression at that point. Yeah, then Liberty tells Faye that she doesn't want to stay on the show And she needs to respect herself and face this uncomforting truth. Hell yeah, girl. So Faye reassures her that she is doing the right thing. Well, no, at first Faye protests her wanting to leave. You guys wouldn't have let me leave. So no, you stay and you finish. Yeah, I mean, I think that Faye at first is saying, hey, try to work out your issues. Stay, try to work this out. I don't even think she wanted her to work out with Jake. I think she just wanted her to stick around. Yeah, But I also think Liberty doesn't want to, and they say this later, Liberty doesn't want to cast negative shadows on the end of the show. I can't help but think about the kayfabe aspect of this conversation. Oh my God, please do not explain it. They already know. Yeah, okay. You should know what kayfabe is if you listen to this podcast. Ever. So we have Liberty basically admitting that she's been faking it to some extent the last couple of days. And I'm asking, is she faking it for the camera or for herself? And is there any difference? I think she's faking it for Jake also. Yeah. Uh, And she says later that she thinks her relationship was genuine, but went off the rails somewhere. I think that's a pretty accurate summation. I think that's kind of what I said before. Just stop working. I don't know. I'm not sure. I am very uncertain whether Jake was ever genuine, honestly. Anyway, Kaz and Tyler's final date is another creative one. They get to drive a horse and buggy to a string trio playing a Taylor Swift song. So I know this is not true, but in my head, this is the same castle that Shawnee's and Luke T went to last season, brought to you and Spain by the magic of the green screen. Yeah. Uh, So I admit I was a bit puzzled by the conversation on this date. First, they have a long talk about why they're glad they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. And then they have a long talk about why they're glad they're not moving in together. They sure sound like two people who want to be in a relationship with each other. I think it's sweet that they want to enjoy their time in Kyler land and not rush anything. They live near each other and they plan some dates for the outside world. I think it's just smart at the very least. Like this is a really artificial reality. You spend a lot of time together. They have the benefit of being able to go on dates, like normal dates on the outside world. Take your time, guys. Okay. They're still together. They still look fucking fierce, too. Back at the villa, Liberty and Jake are having a serious conversation. He's been wandering around looking for her. And she stands up for herself. She says Jake's been taking her for granted and he's been mean to her, dropping small insults into every conversation. And Jake appears to be confused. He does not realize that he's been a huge shithead. What? That upset you? Don't be like that. Bad move, broski. Yeah. Telling someone not to feel the way that they feel. Always a winning strategy. Liberty says she thinks that Jake's not really in love with her. He doesn't even argue with her about it. No, and this conversation just kind of fizzles out. He does some aimless wandering about the villa for a while. He spends a lot of time kissing all over Lib, even though they're in this like weird, awkward limbo place. Lib finally tells him her gut is telling her to GTFO. Uh, And he asks her, are we breaking up? And she doesn't answer him. She should have. So he does it. Yeah, they are done. Here comes Faye again to console Liberty. Lib says she'll never change for anyone. And while I support the girl power behind that, I just want to point out that it's a dangerous statement in general, much like follow your heart. Yes. Just because, you know, sometimes you should change. Yes, and sometimes you should not follow your heart. Right. So Faye comes out with a few nuggets of genius. You have found a better love in here than Jake. You have found yourself. And so then later Lib says, it's hard to walk away from someone you love. And Faye counters with, but is it hard to walk away from someone who doesn't love you? Yeah. More points for Faye. She's awesome. Despite her issues with Liberty and the compatibility vote, she can't stop herself from being a genuine friend to Liberty. So go Faye. 
So in the meantime, Jake talks to the guys. Teddy asks him who ended it. Jake says he did. And then he puts on his sunglasses. And I think Jake was probably having a sad. Yeah. He looked like he was having feelings behind those glasses. And again, I'm wondering what he's feeling. I'm not doubting that he is sad. And I'm not doubting that he could be crying, that he's feeling some really strong emotions. But I would ask, is he crying because he realizes that he's hurt Liberty? Is he sad for himself? Does he realize that maybe he has been a jerk and treated her poorly? I have no idea. I don't know, but I will say that if he was having emotions for the benefit of the camera, he would have left the sunglasses off. So I have to say that whatever sadness he is displaying is probably genuine, whatever the root or roots. Yeah. And then Kaz and Tyler return right after all of this and the villa is flat. Yeah, they don't get the post-date chat that they deserve. No. And soon enough, Liam and Millie get to go on their date. So they are getting the fairy tale romance treatment this year. And it's still Liam's birthday if you care about that guy for some reason. So uh, Liam and Millie get flamenco dancers in a castle. Green screen. Plus some salads and a bottle of kava. They tell each other they love each other. And uh, eh, that's all I got. These two bore me. I'm slightly less cynical, but yeah, it was boring as fuck. She doesn't own wellies, which she will need to visit Wales. Whoop-de-doo. And again, for whatever reason, them saying the L word does not fill me with joy like the season six power couples did. No, it shouldn't fill you with joy. This is a horrible relationship. I know some of our listeners are going to really disagree with me, but yeah, this is not a good relationship. This is very unhealthy. At the villa, Lib tells Kaz that she's broken things off with Jake Kaz says she feels bamboozled, continuing her bid to break Haley's one-season record for malapropisms. Well, maybe Kaz feels bamboozled by Jake. Maybe. I just think she meant confused. Maybe. So Liberty also says that she's discovered how to love herself and to respect herself. And I think we should all acknowledge what a fantastic turn her story has taken and what a great role model she's turning out to be. We've discussed the messages that the show sends to young people about relationships, and we've talked about what a bad example Liam and Millie have set. Let's give props to Liberty. And let's give props to Liberty and Cads, which I have been doing. They have been amazing friends since the moment they entered the house, and Lib decides she's going to sleep on the daybed, and Kaz, despite being in a happy relationship coming off a final date buzz, offers to stay with her. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. The Kaz Liberty friendship does seem genuine. Sisters before misters. So the next day, Liberty gets a text that it is time for her final date with Jake. Awkward. And she approaches Jake to ask him whether they should go on the date. Hashtag make or break. And of course, the date is on a boat. No dinner, but 500 is still pretty good. Yes, yes. And of course, we're referring to the fact that they said early in the season their dream date would be to have dinner on a yacht. Today, the seas are a bit choppy, which is not exactly a subtle metaphor. Producers, I don't know how they managed to wrangle that one, but uh, good job with that. Jake and Lib seem to be peacefully resigned to the inevitable. They try to see where things went wrong. And Jake even commends her for putting herself first. Then Liberty tells him she's leaving and he doesn't want her to go alone. Then Jake and Liberty get back from their date and tell the other islanders that they've decided to leave the villa. After the Pikachu face that we both made, this was really cool of them. They don't want to take a place in the final away from four really strong couples while they're falling apart, and they don't want their drama to distract from the love stories. This was cool. I think they still had enough go at this point with the fans that they would have gotten voted into the final regardless and a couple with a member or two of color would have definitely gotten left out yeah so Faye and Lib finish their reconciliation here Faye tells Lib she's proud and that she of all people is the one who deserved to find the love she being Lib and Jibberty walk out arm in arm with their heads held high yeah this was actually a really nice ending to this story in the next episode, you know, when I give my overall thoughts on the whole season, I definitely want to talk about the kind of 
twist on the typical trope that we get with the sweetheart couple. Okay, but let's save that for next time. Yes, let's save that for next time. So Toby is reflecting on what might have been wrong with Jake and Lib's relationship. And he says, I wanted what they had, but I guess you can't tell what is going on under the surface. Holy shit, Tobes. So yeah, he's telling this to Chloe and then he gets a text. It's time for their final date. And it's the Mad Hatter's tea party. This is actually really creative. It's like amazing how some of the dates are so dumb and bullshit. And some of the dates, there are clearly so much thought and effort put into them. Yeah. It's like you can tell who the producers actually like. Maybe. 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 Because the Faye and Teddy and the Cloby dates are kind of like more unusual, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they've got these photos hung up in the woods. Uh, the whole thing looks like a cross between a sappy rom-com and the Blair Witch Project. Well, that's kind of how Alice in Wonderland feels. Toby reflects on their growth together. And, you know, I can't think of an Islander who matures more on screen than this guy. It's such an amazing contrast between the child who couldn't give a toast on night one to this gentleman who gives a really great toast right before the finale. Yeah, I loved that observation. I just want to highlight that. I think that's one of the best observations the whole season. Toby comes full circle, can't give a toast in the first episode, is the person who is called upon to give the toast in the last episode. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're not going to talk about the last episode. So Chloe tells Toby that she loves him and post-date, Chloe says she's going to get her master's degree. Uh, Is that butt stuff? It's pegging. It's definitely pegging. So the dates are over, and now it is time for socially distanced family visits. I have to say, I'm glad they were being responsible about introducing outsiders into the sanitized sex bubble, but it was weird and probably really painful for the Islanders to see their families and not be able to touch them or go near them. And first we meet Liam's parents and Millie's mom and Sista. I know that's an Essex thing, but all I can think about is Sestra from Orphan Black. I know, me too. Orphan Black, every time. Liam's parents are more upset with him than Millie's mom and sister. I don't know, if I were Millie's mom, they like, drop this guy, Millie. But Liam's dad, clearly the star of this group. And he tells everyone that they are so good looking on their way out. Yeah, he's great. Next, it's Teddy's brothers and Faye's sister and best friend. Faye's sister nearly replicates Faye's mannerisms and cadence of speaking. So the word from home is her parents are proud, but dad wishes she would stop swearing so much. Teddy's brothers are awesome. They bust Faye's chops a bit, and I don't think they would have done that if they didn't like her. Uh, it was a good way of letting her know, though, that while uh, they didn't love how she acted, uh, they knew that her feelings were genuine. She takes it like a good sport, and she apologizes several times. I also appreciated all the back and forth between Teddy's peeps and hers over whether or not Teddy is funny. Agreed. So they leave and it is time for Tyler's parents and Kaz's mom and sister. The most interesting parts of this meeting will be touched upon in TNA. Onwards. Next up, Chloe's mom and sister plus Toby's mom and sister. And Toby's sister, by the way, if you did not know this, has become a bit of a sensation on social media, or at least she was during the course of the series, and that was for her reactions to Toby's behavior earlier in the season. Chloe's mom enters the villa calling Toby epic. That's probably a good sign. You have been iconic. Although weren't these compliments for Chloe? I'm not sure. Maybe for both of them. Either way, Chloe's mom steals the episode, I'm pretty sure. And then Jake and Lib leaving means we do not get an elimination in this penultimate episode. Usually we meet five sets of families and we have one couple eliminated. But hey, we've already got our finalists. So congrats to those fools. Like I said, we will cover the final episode in our final episode. Yeah. Now it's time for the stage Heading into the final episode. Last week, Jake and Liberty, you said they would still be together, but they're not. I mean, who saw that coming? No predictions this week, so I'll just tell you how you did. The other four you got all right. You said last week you said all five couples would be together, and uh, four out of five are. So I mean, that's not crazy. No, not at all. I, I think it was the right answer at the time. You'd expect all of them to be together at the end. So, Fantasy Love Island. This was a very low-scoring week in Fantasy Love Island. Faye and Teddy led the way with 41 points apiece. Chloe and Toby had 37 points each. Fittingly, 
Jake ended the week with negative eight points. As for our ongoing competition, Becca, I am happy to report that you won this week. Yay! 74 to 70. So that was your third weekly win, but it was the first time you won since week three. Oh, go suck an egg. So uh, you picked Toby and Chloe this week, beating my Faye and Liam combo. I'm going to hold off on announcing the Islanders who got the most on-screen action over the whole course of the season. I'll do that in our next episode. But for our teams, our competition, I did beat you this season 706 to 628, largely on the back of that one ridiculous Yeah, week. I was going to say, anybody could have one bonkers week. I think I you know, put in a pretty good showing. Oh, no, this Con- was good. And it was a learning process for both of us. Considering I'm growing a goddamn baby. Yes, that's which is true. my excuse for everything. All right, now, my turn to talk. Let's get into the TNA report. The TNA report. Let's start with Faye. Negative at dinner when she was wearing the white striped circus tent top last seen on Millie with a butthole brown skirt. Okay. Well, how about Brett? He had a terrible white denim jacket with black wide leg pants and brown sandals. And that was the night he got eliminated. Socks and sandals, which Aaron too liked. The horror. Brett always needs someone else to dress him. So what about Priya? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Brett has been on Instagram posting pictures of what he wears. And he's getting so much love for those terrible outfits on Love Island. And then he posted a picture of some suit he wore to some royal party. And it was wrinkled AF. Brett, you suck. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we're the ones who are totally out of touch. No, it's Brett. Brett's the problem. So yes, Priya, kudos for those red giraffe pajamas. Those were super cute. Yeah, I also like the black sequined romper that she was wearing when she was eliminated. So just goes to show uh, you can hate someone's politics, but love their sense of style. Aaron too. So I am going to give him a negative for his dad's holiday sweater. When the guys went golfing. Oh, it was fun. They all look like huge dorks. Yeah, I just thought his was meh. Also a negative for him on wearing a white t-shirt and jeans on the night of the elimination. The night where he was eliminated. So I just kept thinking that is way too casual for Love Island and especially for an elimination night. I mean, what show do you think you're on, guy? Are you the one? Yeah, he was too sober for that. And uh, let's go on to his better half. Or worse half, depending on your perspective. Mary, I did not like the open man's dress shirt tied at the front with the brown vinyl pants and the white heels with the straps that kind of wrapped around her legs up to her calves. And I just don't know what was going on there. Yeah, none of that was good. Yeah. What about Kaz? Kaz. Mixed week for Kaz. She takes a page from the Shawnee's playbook with a billowy, shiny white sack of a dress at the compatibility voting. But I did like the royal blue dress with the high slit that she wore on her final date. A two-piece dress at that. Memories of senior prom. And points to her mom and sister for their bright, cheerful dresses. Negative points to Kaz for meeting Tyler's family in a thong bikini. Yeah, it is Love Island. All right. Mm. Let's talk about Liam. How about the night where he's wearing a fishing vest for some reason? I feel like we've seen that vest before. Also, I hated him in the shiny pink shirt that Jake also wore earlier this season. Millie kills it in the simple red spaghetti strap dress on the final date. It's very flattering. Shawnees take a page from Millie's book. Liberty kills it on her sad date with Jake in a white bodysuit and see-through lace pants. I actually hate the outfit in and of itself, but she looks amazing and Jake dubbed it brutal. Yeah, I feel so bad for Jake. And finally, Toby. Is it a rule that the guys have to leave for dates with their shirts unbuttoned? Do they have that little time to get dressed they can't even finish putting their shirts on? Because when it shows them on the actual date, they have their shirts fixed. This is a Luke M thing too from last season. I don't know. If I was that age and had a six-pack, I'd probably do it too. So let's talk about a bad, bad cover that was not performed by the cast. And this is in the final scenes with Jake and Liberty. There is a cover that sounds like someone doing an impression of Bjork doing an impression of Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. That was a pretty fun cover, but... 
not as fun as our top bits. We've got some extras for you today. Number one, Faye hates pasta. She has put a lot of bad things in her mouth, but can't even bear to eat the spag ball. What has she been putting in her mouth? Does that mean dicks? Probably. Number two, while I think shit talking behind Brett's back was really rude, Priya was kind of hilarious. She's mad that Brett's favorite cheese is something boring like Brie. He doesn't even like cheese. And she also says it feels like holding hands with her dad. So weird. Yeah, it wasn't nice. It was so funny. funny. Yeah, I agree. Number three, Brett brushes his teeth on the couch, fully dressed, not before bed. And that kills me. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I think that they should just have a show where we just watch Brett 24-7. I would rather die. Uh, number four, Kaz tells Tyler not to touch the top of the baby's head because they breathe through there. Aaron uses a wine glass to support baby Sienna's head. Chloe was the one complaining about like her baby being crappy. And someone says, bro, that baby had an angry ass face. Yeah, those, those are all really funny moments. I mean, breathing through the top of your head. Jeez, was she serious? I don't know. They have really bad sex ed, as we've seen over and over. Number five, Chloe guesses that their final date will be fishing. Yeah, I know. Toby does not find that romantic because it's not. (laughs) Your final date is fishing. You have to catch your own dinner. Number six, Chloe asks if she's been rude and her little sister says, how much sex do you need to be having? Wow. Also want to give a shout out to Chloe's sister for being a scene stealer. And finally, we need to give a shout out to Millie mentioning Romford. Romford? So that's it. That is the wrap on week eight. We'll be coming at you eventually, hopefully soon, but don't hold me to that with our finale nonsense and joy. You can hit us up on social media. Yep, you can reach me at LBLI Podcast on Twitter. Or email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. We have Facebook and Instagram, but like, whatever. So, from Staten Island to Love Island, what's the square root of fuck off? <laughs>